the Woodside Church podcast. I don't know if you can remember all the way back in March, it feels like a lifetime ago, when we first started to hear about um, going into lockdown. And we all started asking questions like, when is this going to be over? When are things going to return to normal? When are our children going back to school? Um, some of you might have been thinking, when am I going to be able to have that operation? Am I going to be able to go on that holiday? When am I going to be able to buy flour again? That was one of my biggest concerns. And, and we started to ask all these questions, some small questions, some big questions. And for myself and Toby, my husband, we started to ask some questions of God, asking him, what is he doing at this time? Asking God, what's going on? Asking God whether um, what his plan for this time was. And, and we really felt that as we have been seeking him, as we've been asking him these questions, we've really felt him faithfully speaking to us about our own lives, but also really um, resetting our gaze on what he is doing across the globe. And I, it, it seems to me from what God's been saying to us and from um, looking around and speaking to others that God is on the move. And, and I really believe that this is a time that God has many plans and purposes for this, um, for his church in this nation and across the nations and, um, and has a, a real plan to move amongst us. And because of that, it's really led us on a bit of a journey in prayer with God as if you read through the Bible and look through the history books of times when God has moved in real power, you see that at the heart of every uh, move of God is a people who fervently and persistently prayed and humbled themselves before God and sought his face. Um, and so for us, it's been quite the adventure. It's only just beginning, I think. And it's been really nice for me to be able to speak on prayer this morning and to be having a little bit of a look back and and seeing how God's been speaking to me and what God's been teaching me through this season in terms of prayer and particularly um, helping me grow in persistent prayer. And so I'm hoping to share some of that with you this morning. Um, now, we've been looking at Paul's letter to Timothy is in the New Testament, his second letter to Timothy. And what we know is that um, when Paul wrote this, he was in prison and and his life was coming to an end. We know that he was old at this point. We know that this was his last letter um, that we have in the Bible that he wrote before he died. And so you could really forgive Paul for at this point thinking, well, I've done my best. I've done what I can. Now I can just sit back um, and and there's not really anything I can do whilst I'm stuck here in prison. But Paul doesn't have that attitude at all. He, instead of instead of sitting back, he's asking that very same question. What is God doing at the moment? What is God's mission on earth? What is God asking us to do? And how can I partner with what he's doing in prayer? And so he had, there's just this one line in this book of Timothy where um, Paul says, that he's praying for Timothy day and night. And so you really get this insight into Paul, um, into into the way he works and that he um, has devoted himself to prayer and to the bigger mission of what God is doing. He knows that he's not gonna be around much longer, but he's not really even concerned about seeing the fulfillment of his prayers. He's just concerned about what God is doing and about seeing um, that he wants to be part of that and participate in the move of God on the earth. 
So what you see is, um, and this has been our experience as well, in fanning the flame, as what we've been talking about, fanning the flame of the gift of God within us and the spirit of God in us, um, it results in fervent prayer. It results in eyes that are fixed on a bigger picture of what God is about and, and a choice to depend on God and to partner with God in that. And so what I've found as I've reflected over the last few months is that where before I was maybe um, would think about prayer as being like a sort of an activity or something that needed to be done, something to try and fit in, I've found that it's actually really more of a posture for how to live our lives. Um, Before I go into that, I'm just going to say that this book, I know it's been recommended quite a lot recently, but this book, How to Pray by Pete Gregg, has been just a real life changer for me and if you can get hold of a copy of this or listen to it on um on audiobook it's such an easy read or an easy listen but it's such an inspiring book it's so practical um it's really changed my view of prayer from being something to that's got to be done to being actually an adventure of a lifetime with god and something that's got to be an absolute priority and something that the more I do the more I want to do it and and so yeah what it's led me to is to um really really finding myself living living my life and I think you see this in Paul and in Jesus and in all sorts of heroes of our faith that they live their lives in surrender and independence on God but also live their lives in that place of um, of partnering with God and wanting to participate in what he's doing. So first of all, thinking about surrender and dependence. Now, if you look at um, the life of Jesus, you think of anybody in history who had an, an excuse not to pray or a reason to not really need to depend on God. It would be God in the flesh himself, Jesus. But in fact, Jesus quite the opposite he lived his life in utter dependence on the father he got up early to go out on his own to pray to be with the father he he went late at night he often went to the same places he went um, to a particular mountain he carved out time even though there was so many demands on him and on his time he um he devoted himself to prayer and to surrendering himself to the father and to the father's will he taught uh, his disciples to pray your kingdom come your will be done um and so if he thought it was best to live his life in surrender and dependence on god then we definitely need the same thing and i've found for myself that the more that i've been praying day and night and coming to god day and night the more it's led me to that place of living my life in real dependence on him partly because the more that i've started to see answers to prayer um the more that it's reminded me and really put in my heart that only he is the one who's in control. Only he is the one that can um, can do the miraculous. Only he is the one who whose um, whose power is timeless through the ages. And um, you know, I've started to see so many small answers to prayer recently uh, as I've been devoting myself to this. And um, just as a quick example, my sister works with homeless guys over in America and she um, had asked us as a family if we would pray for a few particular situations one of them was a guy that they really wanted to get him into um, into rehab into a sort of detox centre but they said she said that he 
um, he wasn't very willing, but also even if he was, to actually get him into a place is really difficult. And so I, I really prayed very specifically that um, that a series of miraculous events, that just every single thing that needed to happen to get him into that place would happen. Um, and that it would just be like a, a, a small miracle after a small miracle after a small miracle to get him into the place that he needed to be. And the next day after I prayed that, my sister texted and said, through a miraculous series of events, we've managed to get this guy a place in a, in a rehab facility. And, um, and so things like that, that when you start to get little answers to pray, you just realise only God could have done that. Um, only, um, you know, as much as my sister might have been trying her best, they were hitting a brick wall, but God could, um, could break through that barrier. I'm sure we've all got lots of stories, but what I found is just the more that we hear those answers to prayer, the more that it spurs on our dependence on God and our surrender on God. One of my heroes of um, the faith is uh, a lady called Corrie Ten Boom, and she said this about prayer, a challenge to us. Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tyre? And I know sometimes for many of us, we can use prayer as a sort of uh, emergency spare tire help. I need some help. Um, or, 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 you know, even like I was just saying, things that we know only God can do, we might be asking him for. But actually, God is asking us to use prayer as our steering wheel for life. It's the way that we live our life, that we're not trying to do this on our own, but we're doing it in absolute dependence on God. The second thing that I feel that has uh, that fanning the flame of the gift of God has really, um, really fueled in me is this desire to partner with God through prayer. Like I said at the beginning, Paul, though he wasn't able to do anything at that time, he was still partnered with the mission of God. And you see that um, throughout the Bible, you see that um, in Jesus again as well. He was absolutely focused on the mission of God. And again, he was praying all the time for um, his kingdom to come. There's so many little stories in the Bible of um, people whose eyes were just fixed on the, the mission of God. And there was one that's, that stood out to me recently, which was a lady called Anna. Uh, it's in Luke 2. And she was an old lady. She was a widow. Again, she may have felt that um, that she didn't have very much to give. Or at that time, she would have been in quite a difficult position being a widow. Um, but she had heard and read the promises of God that he was sending a Messiah. This was before Jesus was born. And so she devoted herself to praying day and night for this Messiah to come. She caught a glimpse of a, a promise of God and she devoted herself to praying for it to come um, to come to fruition. And uh, whilst she was in the temple praying, um, this, Jesus was born as a baby and he was brought to the temple to be dedicated and she saw that um, all those years and years and years of persistent prayer uh, were answered in the in the form of Jesus as coming as a baby. Um, in Romans 8 it also says that sometimes we don't know what to pray, sometimes we sort of start to think about the bigger picture of what God is doing and it might seem like this is, um, I don't even know where to start, but in Romans 8 it says that the Spirit helps us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. 
So this is telling us that um, the more that we are full of the Spirit, the more that we fan into flame that gift in our lives, that gift of God, that the Spirit um, helps us to partner in heart with what God is doing. He helps us. He knows our heart. He searches our heart and he knows the mind and the will of God. And so um, praying in the Spirit, that might mean praying in tongues, that might just that might mean um, being full of the Spirit and and cultivating that relationship with God it means that um, the more and more that we do this the more that we persist in prayer the more that our hearts align with the heart of God and we find ourselves knowing what to pray for even though before we didn't now one another thing for me during this season is that I've had to really battle some lies that I think I've let creep in of um, you know maybe not really believing that persisting in prayer that praying for the same things again and again and again will actually make much difference um so i've been but i've been inspired again by a few stories in this book but also by looking at the bible and looking particularly at jesus teaching on prayer he teaches quite specifically on um persisting in prayer in luke 18 he tells a parable about a widow a persistent widow who keeps knocking on the door of a judge um, and she wants her case to be heard. She wants justice for herself. Um, we don't know exactly what the situation is, but we know that she keeps persisting and knocking on his door. And in the parable, because she keeps knocking on his door, because she keeps pestering him, it says. In some translations, it says because she keeps bothering him or because she keeps troubling him. He grants her the justice that she's looking for. And then Jesus says that he's telling us them this story because he wants us to pray always and not to give up in prayer. Um, he says that that judge granted the woman what she wanted because she kept persisting. And so how much more, um, and he wasn't a just judge, but our, our judge, God, he is just and he's also a loving and good father. We know that his will is always perfect. And so if if we persist in praying and, and asking him for things, he will um, he, he will do that for us. Um, it really struck me that it said because she kept pestering him and he even to the judge says, because this woman keeps bothering me, I'm going to grant her justice. And, and I just um, really felt like God is inviting us to pester him, to bother him um, with the things that we care about. But, but uh, like I said, the more that we do that, the things that we care about become the things that he cares about. Um, and so we, again, it's, that partnering starts to happen. But um, one of my sons, Asa, he is a real good pesterer. Um, you know, if he wants something or he wants your attention and he wants you to look at him and he wants you to listen to him, he will go on and 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 on about the same thing. And he'll say literally the same sentence or two words over and over and over and over again with exactly the same enthusiasm until you stop what you're doing and, and look at him. And, you know, God isn't a father who isn't interested or who isn't looking or who's distracted, but we get this sense from reading this story that God wants us to just keep coming. And he's saying to us, he's not, he's not a father saying, don't bother me, don't bother me. No, he's saying, keep coming, keep coming, keep asking me, keep partnering. Um, and we don't know when, we don't know the will of God, like it's said in that. We don't always know when or how he will answer what we're praying. Um, 
we do know what his heart and his kingdom is and we can pray for those things but we don't know when he chooses to do those things um and in this book how to pray there was a little story or a little um a question that has really stuck with me that said if if an angel came tonight and said to you that your next prayer would be answered immediately no doubt you'd be on your knees straight away asking god for whatever that thing was he said now imagine if that angel said to you that your prayer would be answered but on the 365th time now would you still pray for that every day for a year yeah you probably would if you knew that eventually that prayer would be answered so why is it that we sometimes presume that because we've prayed for something for a while and it hasn't happened that that means it's not going to happen it's really challenged me in praying for some of my friends who don't yet know Jesus that actually uh, I don't know when or how God plans to um, or if God plans to um, to reveal himself to them but what he's asking me to do is to to fight for them in prayer to pray for them and I don't know if it's going to be on the tenth time or the hundredth time or the thousandth time that I pray for them but I'm going to just keep doing it because that is what he's asking me to do um the great well-known preacher D.L. Moody you may have heard this story before had in his um during his life he had a list of a hundred people that he was persistently praying for to come to know Jesus and um, and he kept going and kept praying and every time somebody became a Christian he struck their name off the list and by the time he died he um, had seen 96 of those come to faith now that in itself is incredible and inspiring but what's even more amazing is that the remaining four became Christians at his funeral. Now, not only has that story inspired me to just keep persistently praying for things, but also um, it's really, I really found it so releasing because actually it means that he didn't see those final four come to know Jesus, but God did that anyway. And um, and so it's releasing to know that we don't pray because we uh, need to see things happen right now. We pray because we're partnering with the will of God and because we're we're battling for things that we want to see happen. And whether or not we see it, that's not really our concern. I, I remember reading a lot about um, great moves of God and times of revival and awakenings when I was younger. And, and there was a story that I, um, I remember about a, um, a man in Melbourne in Australia who had really felt God saying to him that, that he was going to move powerfully and save lots of people in, in that town, in that city. Um, and so him and a group prayed and prayed and prayed. It wasn't for another 50 years that they saw that come through, that they saw um, a real move of the Spirit and a move of God. But by that time, many of those people had already died, never saw that come to fruition. Again, though, I found that so releasing because it's um, it's made me feel that, you know what, I'm going to pray. I believe that God is moving and that God is going to move in this nation. And I am praying for that to happen. But whether or not that happens in my time or in my children's time or in my grandchildren's time, I, I don't mind as long as I'm on a mission with God and, and praying for his purposes and his plans to come through. Now, just before I finish, I, I'm just going to tackle a few practical things. Now, again, um, this book, How to Pray, just 
read it. It's got so much practical advice. But I definitely found for myself that during lockdown, I found it much easier to pray because on reflection, I realised that I had more time. I had more space in my head and in my life. Um, and also I've, I had particular places that I would um, that I would go to that helped me. So I've realised that actually now that life's getting a bit busier again, um, if I want to keep going with this, which I do, I need to make time. I need to say no to some other things. I need to make some space in my life. I need to make sure that I don't let other things crowd it. I know for me of an evening, if uh, if I can see jobs, housework, things that need doing, if I um, if I if there's something I want to watch, or if there's friends I want to see, or if often for me it's like I want to do some exercise. I want to, you know, all these things that are not bad things. They're all good, but I know that they can be things that I prioritise over just spending time in prayer and so um, I'm really learning to say no I'm not doing that until I've spent some time before God and so often I think it's about the intent you know sometimes you'll have amazing times of prayer with God sometimes they'll be short they'll be brief but um, but what I want to do is make sure that my intention daily is to spend some time in prayer with God sometimes that'll be snatching little snippets of time in the car or elsewhere but even if um even if I'm doing that, I still want to have some time where I just actually sit down, shut everything else off, turn my phone off, make sure there's no distractions and just absolutely devote some of my time and my headspace and my heart to being with God. And that's something I'm learning more and more to do. Um, something else I just um, encourage you to do is to take any opportunity you can to pray with others. It's not that easy at the moment, but um, get involved in the 24-hour prayer chain. I'm so glad that um, video started this. It Not only does it give you loads of things to pray for if you're not sure where to start, but it's also so powerful to know that we're praying with others, that we're devoting time as a church to pray um, together, even though we're apart. Um, if you get a chance to be on a prayer meeting Zoom or with your community group or in safely, if you can meet in a group of six, joining with others in prayer is so powerful um, and it's it, it aligns our hearts again with God but it also helps us to join together on God's mission and Jesus did this all the time he prayed with his friends as well as alone so wherever you can just take um, opportunities to be praying with others I'm going to um, end by just praying for us. Like I said at the beginning, I really believe that God is moving and that God has some um, real plans and purposes for us at this time and in the coming months and the coming years. Um, and I'm excited to see God moving among, amongst us. And so I just invite you to join me in really seeking God at this time. You know, every times in history of of great crisis when nations are in crisis and I think ours is at the moment and at times of um of preparation for God to move people God's people would always um God and God would call them he says he says in chronicles 2 he says if my people who bear my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, 
forgive their sin and heal their land. And I believe this is one of those times that we need to be um, humbling ourselves before God, seeking him in prayer, praying for our nation, praying for um, for those around us and, and partnering with the bigger plan of what he is doing on the earth right now. Father, we thank you that you are the one in control. And God, we thank you that you're our loving father, that you're a just judge. We thank you that you are powerful. And God, we want to um, we want to partner with what you are doing. God, we seek your face again. We want to be those that live in surrender before you, that live in complete dependence on you. We want to be those who, um, although we're limited in what we can do, Lord, that we uh, believe in a God who is totally unlimited, who is totally powerful and who is on the move. God, we want to be part of what you're doing. Um, and we pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.